there's a little witch in all of us. I'm Brad Rose. Welcome to the latest episode of the Seltzer Salon. I am so excited today. My guest is Nina Dante, who is an incredible vocalist, composer, harpist, just so many things. And I don't really talk to her about any of that. We focused on her project, um, YouTube, Instagram channel, however you want to describe it, the snake said to the river, which it's just, it is a little slice of magic in a ever darkening world. And I, I love it so much. I was so excited that I finally got to talk to her about it because when I first came upon it on Instagram, immediately I was just hooked. And it's one of those things. Every time she puts out a video, uh, it makes my day. So I should mention that my first or sort of main introduction to Nina's work was the Lizard Tongue album a few years ago that uh, Talk Editions put out. It's uh, her collaboration with Bethany Young, and it is it continues to be an album I return to when I need to just feel like I am on another planet or just I need to get away or just experience something that takes me out of myself and out of the environment that I'm in because it is there is. I've never heard anything like it. Let's just put it that way. And it's still, it's one of my favorite albums of the last few years. So I really recommend checking that out. And she also is, has a starring role on Ben Vida's newest album, The Beat My Head Hit, which you can, if you listen to episode two, we talk about that album extensively, Ben and I, and um, talk about Nina a bit and just her incredible talent and just, I don't know, Nina-ness. Um, so anyway, she was gracious to send me a couple of her pieces of music from the snake side of the river. So listen to one of those and then we'll get into the interview. A quick note, intermittently throughout the interview, there's this like really kind of low electronic rumbling sound. I don't know where it's from and I can't get rid of it, but I've found that if you just pretend that it's a cat purring next to the microphone, it just kind of makes it all a little more whimsical. And so let's listen to a song and then you can hear me talk to Nina and an imaginary cat. The crew watched the lady, watched the rattling trees, said lady there be blocks of dirt on your bony knees. The lady, she watched the crow, watched the orange moon, said crow the royal and not a when say changes coming soon, oh yeah, changes coming soon. The crow watched the lady, watched the river rise. So my guest today is Nina Dante, who I first, I, I first became aware of Nina's stuff, like her her music, and then a couple, I don't know how long ago, we'll get into that, but she started a channel i don't know what you even call it social media yeah you started on instagram right was that where it started yeah an instagram channel yeah okay called the snake said to the river and i've been kind of obsessed with it ever since so i had to make have an now i have an excuse to talk to her about it so nina (laughs) thanks for being here (laughs) well thank you so much i admire what you do so much on all your different platforms and as a musician and all and um thanks for all the support you give to all of us in the scene i'm really excited to talk to you so thanks for inviting me in of course 
I, so I guess the kind of obvious first question is, well, I guess there's a couple obvious first questions, so I'm going to pick one of them. But I guess for those who are unfamiliar, can you kind of explain what the snake said to the river is? Yes. So, you know, it's so interesting because for my whole career, I've been involved in new music and experimental music and more recently improvisation. But the snake said to the river is something totally different. This is a project that sort of allies itself with all the the things that I've loved since I was a child. So in The Snake Said to the River, I sort of do whatever I want. I It's focused on my work uh, as a singer and a harpist. So on this channel, The Snake Said to the River, I, I think of myself sort of as a an old school sort of bard. So I sing old folk tunes. I sing old music from the medieval era and uh, the Renaissance, so early music. I also write my own tunes that usually revolve around the natural world and, you know, emotions and things like that. So that's one aspect of it. And another really important aspect of this project is my interaction with the natural environment around me. So I'm living right now in the Pacific Northwest, um, which is the area where I live. It's actually a rainforest. So since I moved here, I've learned so much about the plants and the animals and sort of the rhythms of the area where I live. It, it really is such an important part of my day. So on the channel, I share uh, things that I've learned about that. So doing plant identification, talking about uh, the salmon who live here, all sorts of things. <laughs> I also... Mm -hmm. um, uh, do videos about my more witchy work, so things that I do in my home apothecary, making remedies and things like that. Sometimes I do baking things, reconstructing historical recipes. So yeah, basically anything that I want, anything that's bringing me joy is what I do, yes. as the snake said to the river. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's awesome. And that uh, uh, I'll get into that part of it more in a second. I, where does the name come from, by the way? Well, I was trying to think what I wanted to call the project. And um, the river here, the, a channel of the river runs just behind my house. And the river really is one of the most important entities in my life. If you've lived by a river, you won't be surprised by that. It's, it's mm -hmm. pretty normal, I think, to have your home river become a really important part of your life. It's like a person almost. Um, <laughs> And also when when I had first moved here, I had a really just I was in such a receptive state. I, I felt so embraced by the world and there were so many surprises and, and fascinating things happening that um, I was just really, yeah, so open and feeling very mystical and available. Yeah. And um, I saw this beautiful snake, which I later learned is called the red spotted garter snake. And this is a snake that lives only in the area where I live. There are garter snakes, oh. all, you know, loads of different mm -hmm. types of garter snakes, but the red spotted garter snake um, lives only here in this valley. Okay. So anyway, I saw this snake sliding down a river bank and just swimming away in the river. And I was so, <laughs> something about that just <laughs> burst my heart open. Yeah. 
And I, I sort of imagine that as a conversation between the snake and the river. You know, I, I got a little yeah. poetic in my soul with it. And, it. and so I decided to call my project The Snake Said to the River in homage to that moment. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, you you said that this was a lot of this stuff is things they are things you were interested in from childhood, I guess. It's like, so like, I guess, the, how did you get into, you know, I mean, there's so many aspects of this. So there's like the, the natural world aspect, the foraging and like medicinal plants and the apothecary stuff, as you call it, as you talked about and like the, yes. um, I like that you cut like the witchy stuff because that's so <laughs> my, my partner called, she considers herself a witch and like is oh, yes. into a lot of that stuff. So like, that's, I, I'm, I was such a receptive audience for this. Um, and she's originally from the Pacific Northwest. So there you go. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. very hard to not become witchy in this area. Yes. Uh, no matter who you are, <laughs> you know, the, the world really calls to you. The plants call to you. There, there is this like shimmer in the air. Yeah. And I like I just appreciate, too, and her and I have talked about that, like that you call it that because i think a lot of people can kind of shy away from that word a little bit as i don't know i i just yeah like embrace it right (laughs) oh absolutely you know one of the um i think one of the things that's difficult sometimes for uh people who are like oh yes i embrace the witch in me is Mm -hmm. that um in recent years this trend may be over a bit but in recent years pop culture has sort of uh like watered down the whole witch concept yeah. and um i believe that any any person can be a witch um mm-hmm. that that you know that's like a an impulse in, in a person it's it's a really interesting uh way of interacting with the world but um it doesn't necessarily mean what people think it means doesn't mean you have to be right. casting spells i i think uh witches were originally healers I believe, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. at least some some witches, you can be a healer. You can just be someone who knows about plants. You can be someone who walks through the world with eyes just a little more open than they were yesterday. It's a very yeah. embracing term that can mean so many things. So, yeah, I love that word. Yes. Um, so to go back to what I was trying to ask and then totally got off track. Um, <laughs> so wh- have you been interested? Like, So like the foraging and the... Because I, I I always think of it as two very not I think of your channel as sort of like there's the natural world stuff and then there's the music part and it's all very intertwined of course but yeah um when were you do like were you interested in you know like foraging or plants and generally as a kid or is that you kind of talked about being in the Pacific Northwest sort of also yeah I, mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah you know it's it's interesting because. I, I wasn't raised in a natural place. I grew up in suburbs and cities. Mm-hmm. And for most of my adult life until I moved here, um, I was also living in cities. I lived in Chicago and then New York. But all this time, even when I was young and didn't have like, you know, I wasn't always immersed in nature. I had a very, <laughs> I had a very strong pull toward the natural world and these sort of more witchy approach Mm -hmm. to things and a sort of spiritual way of looking at um, the world. And I was always just inclined to that and writing poetry about it, like making up songs about it. And 
um, things like that. And of course, I, I was obsessed with like the medieval era and that sort of high romance of the old times, which of course yeah. we know that was such a brutal time period. But, right. <laughs> you know, there are such amazing stories and tales and songs that come from that time. So, you know, I was, these were just these, these things about life and the world and history were always so fascinating to me. And I was like, would that I could be immersed in that, you know, and now as a, right. they say that in your thirties, you end up kind of turning back to those things that as a child, you felt so fascinating and compelling about uh -huh. what it means to be a human walking through the world and um, our sort of fantasies about uh, things. Yeah. And so I'm very glad that I've been able to uh, ally myself with young Nina again at this phase in life and through this project it's re it really means a lot to me i there's so much richness in this that goes far beyond sort of surface level uh fantasies about the world and, and all that yeah well i i think that very much it, to me it comes through in the in the videos and in this the all the stuff um <clears throat> oh I'm, I, I'm so glad that makes me happy <laughs> where so the like the poetry and the sort of traditional or early music, you know, where I'm, I'm like, I don't know, where do you find out about this stuff? I mean, I know it's like out there, but I'm just curious if you have yeah. certain sources that you, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's a foreign yeah. world to me. Actually, it's like one that I find really interesting, but it's yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad you asked that because I kind of could at this point, I have to consider myself also like an amateur researcher as well. Sure. Like I, I've um, because I do uh, I dedicate a part of almost every day to just digging into the Internet to find whatever I can. And, you know, it's so amazing because I, I think something like this would not have been possible to do. Um, it, it's so like prolifically, I think, in the times before the internet, there is so much available online. Uh, libraries, like for, for old medieval manuscripts, uh, early music manuscripts and things like that, there are libraries all over the world who have uh, digitized their ancient manuscripts and just have them oh, online. You can just find them and dig through them. Um, there are other amazing resources that have transcribed some things. And then of course, for folk music, YouTube is my best friend. I spend so much time on YouTube just um, putting in, you know, words, songs about this, songs about that, folk songs from here, from there. Um, so I've learned so much from that. And then also with music that's in other languages that I don't know, like, for instance, um, Uxitan, like the music from the Uxitan region. You know, I don't mm -hmm. speak <laughs> that that old <laughs> language. Very few people do now. But there are dictionaries available online. They're kind of hard to sort through. Oh, there wow. are Middle English dictionaries. Almost everything, almost everything that I've needed, I have been able to find on the Internet. So I would say anyone who's interested in getting into almost anything, you can just start online. It's absolutely incredible. And there's everything from grassroots uh, resources available to scholarly and large library resources. JSTOR is amazing if you're looking for some information about random things that some scholar somewhere <laughs> on the other side of the world has learned about. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really big part of my work is the research. I learn a lot. 
That is so cool. I, I, I love like, yeah, I love that. I, with, you know, like Foxy digital stuff, that's one of my favorite things to do is just, uh, I was talking about this the other day is I'll go on Bandcamp and just start putting in random tags of like locations yes. and stuff. And just, it's like, what is, you know, what is out there that nobody's telling me about? I, that's what I want. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you have to go digging around for? Yeah, and I yeah. can I can totally imagine that you're so prolific in your work. I can imagine that really bringing a lot to what you offer. Yeah, I have an obsessive personality sometimes when it gets to that stuff. It can it's a blessing <laughs> and a curse. <laughs> yeah. At least you're obsessed about something, you know. You have passion. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. One of the things too that I and this is I've been having this conversation with a couple people lately. We've been talking about basically like joy and whimsy and as these really Mm. powerful things and ideas in the world as it sort of currently is i I, there's an episode of this podcast it'll be out next week i talked to this musician matt sage and he was we were talking about how you know like i don't know we live in a time where it feels like everything is trying to make us miserable and profit off of that. Right. And so like doing something whimsical and, and being whimsical feels like this almost subversive act in a way. And yes. And so like, to me, I, one of the things I really connected with on the channel is like, I feel like you just go full force into that and own it. And it, (laughs) <laughs> it feels like very powerful in this. It's like radical. I was just saying to my partner, I was like, whimsy is punk rock now, right? Like, <laughs> this is, <laughs> and that's so. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so, well, that makes yeah. me feel a lot cooler. <laughs> most of the time, I feel like a total nerd. But oh, Brad, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I have to say, I am a joy person. Like, if I'm well, I am full of joy. I am bursting with joy. And that is the root of my creativity. I'm not I'm not an artist who is at her most creative when she is uh, sad or, Mm -hmm. you know, in a a tight spot in a corner. I that's not me. I am (laughs) like my constitution when I'm well is is joyful. And that doesn't mean, you know, it's so interesting. It's such a huge word i think that joy is such a wild state of being like you you know we we go out in the world you see animals experiencing joy whatever that means to them but i think it's one of those very wild natural states that that we all Mm -hmm. can get into here in this world and that yeah i i do believe that there is something subversive about claiming your joy i i read something i wish that i still had the book it was a library book of um Audre Lorde's essays, Sister Outsider. Mm -hmm. And there was a beautiful passage where she was saying, uh, talking about a moment or or a thought that she was having that being in these states of um, difficulty, like that's not her, that's something that's imposed upon her. And, you know, she of course was talking in a very specific context, but Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about her words is that they span so far. So I just, I really, I found that so beautiful. And again, I I hope I'm not misquoting it, but, um, and I also recently heard, unfortunately, I cannot remember his name. He's super famous for this, but a poet who, um, 
focuses a lot on joy in his work. And I recently heard this on a, an episode of This American Life, actually. It was a whole episode about joy. I was like, what? Yay. Wow. But he, he was saying, like, joy doesn't just come to you. It's something that you seek out. It's something that you create for yourself. You, like, build it around you like a beautiful hedge of roses. Uh, that's my word. But that's what yeah. I think about, kind of, yes. of shoring myself up with joy and joyful expression and allowing myself to see joy as a wild natural state of being not some dorky thing that you only mm -hmm. are allowed every once in a while um that yeah it's such an important part of being alive and i do feel for me my project snake said the rip to the river is so much about that about allowing myself to be that and express that even if the songs i'm singing are sad or the message right. I'm, I'm sharing is difficult but but that it's all part of, uh, you know, this joyful, wild yeah. expression that I'm interested in. Yeah, no, I, that that resonates very deeply with me, and like, and along those lines too. And again, it's another reason I think I is earnestness. Earnestness scares people, and I know, <laughs> poor thing. And and it's and I, and like I get like I've been trying to be a lot more earnest in a lot of the things I do, and I to. I mean, mm -hmm. part of it is I'm trying to like set a good example for my kid, but just, I feel so much better when it's like, I just own it <laughs> and just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to, I and do so, think the the, yeah, no, please continue. Oh, I was just going to say. And so I, 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 that's when I started watching your videos and stuff, I was just like, this is, it sets like a really good example, like beyond the content of it being super interesting to me, just the, the sort of feeling behind it is it just as sort of inspirational i think in a way so thank well, you that's so beautiful <laughs> well thank you for saying that because i i do know earnestness can come off many ways it can come off as dorky or you know overdone and i think also mm -hmm. earnestness can be a dangerous practice in mm -hmm. certain situations where you're not a, in in you know an environment where you can really share so much of yourself or be so yeah. be so raw and real yes and i think so many of us have that experience that's just part of living in a society you can't right. always be vulnerable that way because it, it is expressing a vulnerability but i think the reason that i can do this now it, i'm you know living out in the forest i'm <laughs> i i'm in the virtual realm with this project, I haven't done anything live yet, although that would be so much fun. I would love to do that. But I assume that anyone who would show up for that content would be interested in the, the earnest vibe. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so to me, part of, for me, part of being able to express that earnestness is because I feel pretty safe with this, where mm -hmm. I am and the medium and all that. So that's really a gift. That's a gift of the virtual world. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's something too, that can be hard to find on the, in the sort of, especially in the virtual realm, there's a lot of terrible stuff out there. So it's lovely <laughs> yeah, to be able to find this safer, you know, and that's, yeah, I, that, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I got anything else about that, but that's, I, it, I relate, I relate to a lot of that. So it's awesome. Um, what I, I have to ask, like, what are some of your favorite flowers? I told you my favorite flower oh my the other day. Gosh. So, which well, is I'm not surprised obvious. at all. <laughs> I know. 
you are a foxglove person. Yes. And actually, they just came up here. Our, our, because of our altitude, the flowers come up a little later where I am. Okay. But, um, oh, I do love a foxglove. They're so bold. I yeah. love them. Don't you just want to slip your hand in one and be like, yes. I am a fox. <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. Yes. So much. It was whenever we were up in Seattle last year on for a couple of weeks and we would, we did it, went out hiking and stuff a lot. Every time we found there was like a big old fox glove, but somewhere that I could get to, yeah. it's like, Hey, you got to take a picture of me with it. You got to take it. So my, <laughs> my partner has all these pictures of me standing next to fox glove plants. So, oh my <laughs> gosh. You need a whole family album of just you right. with your digitalis. <laughs> yes. This is it. Creatures. <laughs> It's my namesake. I have to, you know. Gotta. Well, when I first came across your work, I was like, "Oh, you gotta trust a person who's named after foxgloves. You just gotta." I, I'm but glad yeah, most people answer. most people don't get it. Most people are like, "What's the name?" I'm like, "Oh, it's yeah, what's going it's a on." Plant. So, but anyway, so what are some of your favorites? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have <clears throat> to say, I know perhaps it's a cliche, but I cannot help myself. I adore the wild rose and mm. when they come out in May, I'm always just so endlessly enchanted by them. They're so beautiful. They also hold so much collective archetypal memory for humans um, mm. because they're, they've just been with us as long as we've been human. They're, they're a very ancient species and um, they're native to so many places in the world. So you find them in stories and songs from all over the place. It's, it's really quite amazing. Um, and they really are so beautiful and they smell so good. They're medicinal, they're ornamental, they're prolific and profuse. And just to see them growing in these huge stands makes me want to scream. So <laughs> I really love them. And um, there is a plant that grows here that is not native to here. And usually in, in my work on the snake set to the river, I usually focus on native plants, but mm -hmm. I do love this flower that grows wild here. Here, It's called Hesperus matronalis or mother of evening is its Ooh. common name. And it's just so beautiful. It grows on these long stalks and then there are these clusters of sort of pale, opalescent violet petals and when the twilight hits them they glow so in oh the gosh. evening like if you look over a meadow or along a riverbank you'll just see the flowers glowing oh, wow. in the moonlight that sounds amazing so, it is amazing it's amazing <laughs> they're they're absolutely gorgeous um so i love those and then there is a wonderful uh plant called a tree lupine that it looks like a little little kind of scraggly tree that grows all these bright yellow flowers that are sort of like if if you know the pea family of plants mm -hmm. um they kind of have that shape um and they just look so sleepy you look at them and you just want to like lay down and take a nap i don't know why i do not know why but that's what they do like they look like a little sleeping bag and oh. i guess i'll mention one more, which is a very strange plant, um, and it's called the Western Corydalis, and it grows on these long stalks, and, and there are these uh, tiny flowers that are in the shape of this uh, bird called the crested lark, just its head. So it has this super uh, kind of long 
wild crest that comes out of the back of its head and that's what the little flowers look like and apparently it's part of the poppy family so Hmm. in traditional medicine it's been used sort of as a mild opiate so this is a plant that i have not worked with yet because i kind (laughs) of want to talk to someone who's used it before (laughs) before i get into that kind of medicine you know i think it's super mild it's not like poppy but i am curious about it so we'll see but it's a beautiful flower that's man i'm just would you say it was mother of the evening is that yes mother of evening it's also called oh isn't it wonderful and the it it really it says everything about it because it's it's so so evocative and oh yeah yeah i think of like you know the queen of the night or something (laughs) yes so very noble uh generous uh strong looking plant that's awesome um so what's next for the channel? I know you just you just did the that really awesome like YouTube video. It's like a twenty minute. It's like a miniature little TV episode. Is what it felt like. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want. I'm actually wanting to focus, put more energy into my work on YouTube because you know, as everyone knows, on Instagram, everything is super short, so a minute right. and a half or less for the most part for for reels. And I do love working in that medium because I can just I can really be prolific. I'm, if I'm mm-hmm. interested in something, I can I can do it. Um, so I'm really interested in building up my YouTube channel, yeah, to like do longer, more uh, in depth episodes of the snake said to the river rather than these like short little bites i think it will be good Mm -hmm. to have both because there are some things that i share that i'm like i wish i had more time (laughs) to talk more about this yeah there's so so much going on here so so many interesting things happening so um i am working on putting together my next one hopefully for august so i'm really excited about that and um trying to decide what i want to focus on but yeah in that last video it the whole thing as as you know centered on this medieval text called Mm -hmm. maiden in the morle which is a really special unusual text because it's just about a woman camping out on the moor by herself eating flowers sleeping on the ground drinking from you know a river source this is a an yeah. extremely unusual <laughs> topic to find in medieval music or i mean you know through most right. of the history right so it it really means a lot to me um i really i i identify with her i idolize her she's really <laughs> cool um interesting person so it gave me more time to talk about that to talk about the middle english to go through the translation of the poem talk about different associations i have in my mind Mm -hmm. and the history of the poem so and then all around that wrapping up music and plant identification and you know crafts and things like that so it's just it's fun for me honestly it's very (laughs) self-indulgent so i am excited about doing more with that for sure awesome i can't wait yeah that that poem blew my mind. I'd never heard, I was never heard of it or anything. And it was just like, oh my God. Cause like you said, it's this very extreme thing that came out of this time where you would never imagine that being written. <laughs> never. And you know, it's wild because apparently it was really popular. Like people right. loved this song. They were singing it right and left. And I, wow. I don't want to repeat myself to you cause I, but I will anyway, <laughs> cause I shared this in the YouTube video. Um, 
but it got so popular in this one area, I guess, of Ireland, that an Irish bishop got really upset because all his clerics and staff were singing the song like all over the place. And and he was very disturbed and, and he was like, this is a lewd song. You can't sing this song. There's nothing lewd about it. It's just a lady right. out in the world being a person. Right. So, you know, he wrote these alternate lyrics for it, I think called Virgo Peperit or something, you know, uh, kind of making it about the Virgin Mary of Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but no one was having it. People kept <laughs> singing it. It didn't work. So, but he tried. <laughs> but you you can't uh, beat the witches. No, you can't. That's, there you go. You can't. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask, like, uh, on the music side of your creative practice outside of the snake side of the river if you have any any upcoming stuff obviously you just had the album that you worked on with ben vita but um anything else <laughs> that you can talk yeah, about so <laughs> yeah i am really so excited about this project coming up in november um so i i also have a ensemble that focuses on new music that i founded with pablo chin a really wonderful composer back in 2011 And um, we do a lot of things, but one of our main focuses is working on music by Latin American composers. Uh, Pablo's from Costa Rica and I'm half Dominican. So, you know, we we kind of wanted to explore uh, that and really lift up Latin American composers here in the U.S. So in November, we're going to the University at Buffalo to work with a composer who we've worked with many times, a very glorious sort of mystical um person a mexican composer named julio estrada and we're going to present this is the second time we're going to do this but with his music you need a lot of a lot of time with it we're presenting an excerpt from an an opera of his based on the book pedro paramo and um it's very it's a very heavy piece it's about the death of of a person and um it, it involves bass and percussion and lots of like uh, sort of extra intram- instrumental materials to create the sounds of Mictlan, which is, I believe, the Aztec underworld. Um, wow. It's a very beautiful, very heart heart wrenching piece. So I'm looking forward to having yeah. more time with that and and bringing that work to more people because it really is a stunning work of experimental new music. So yeah, that's that's that coming awesome. up. Awesome. Can't wait. That, yeah. that sounds really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking some time to talk to me about all this awesome stuff. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking me. And it means a lot to me that you enjoy the channel. That that makes me really happy. So thanks for being so supportive and inviting me on. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to thank Nina again for taking the time out to talk to me from her studio up in the Pacific Northwest. 
go go look at the snake's head to the river. Find she's on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. It's just wonderful, and and I'm really excited because you know she does it seasonally. So obviously we're in the thick of summer. It's 103 degrees today as I record this, but I'm really excited to see the seasonal changes to the episodes and um, all that. She sent me an email the other day when she sent me the tracks to that I played on here, and she was saying how. She is basically like in fruit and flower picking mode until October. So I, again, I just love the image. That just sounds wonderful. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I wish I was in fruit and flower picking mode. Maybe, I, maybe I'm going to go pick some flowers. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can, of course, find me at foxydigitalis.zone over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash foxydigitalis. Sign up, support the cause. It mean a lot. It's a lot of fun over there. I really appreciate everybody who has signed up and, you know, help keep the site going and progressing. You can also find me all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, Mastodon. I'm easy to find. Fox Digitalis. Not not hard. So sometimes there's a period in there. Sometimes there's some weird stuff on the end because of how these newfangled social media sites work. But, you know, or send me an email. Just get in touch. All right, y'all. Thanks. See ya.